Welcome to Calvary Christian Assembly of God. My name is Pastor Floyd McDonald, and we are looking forward to you tuning in to this week's podcast. Don't miss out on this word from the Lord. Take your Bibles with me. Turn to 2 Chronicles 29. If I could have a few of you men, and even you ladies too, I don't want to be uh, just talking about a man. We need some help to kind of break some of this stage down after service because our kids' program, I, you know, is next week. And so it would help us if you could just stay. It won't take, how many know many hands make light work? And so we can break it down real quickly, and really there's not a lot to break down here. We're not taking down the tree. Somebody say hallelujah for that one. Amen. And so, and we're having somebody take care of this because I do not want to mess this up at all. And so, but if we could have your help, I would greatly appreciate it. A couple weeks ago, before I, I, I left you on a cliffhanger because I said I wanted to finish. How many say remember that? you wanted to, I wanted to finish a message. How many remember that? I wanted to finish a message, and I felt like I did not want to go into even this Christmas season without God completing this message that I started in Second Chronicles, the 29th chapter. And so we see in verse 1, and I love verse 1, we're talking about a man by the name of Hezekiah. And I love what the Scriptures have said. It said this, what I love about him, he ruled and reigned when he was 25 years old. But I love what it says after that. It said, he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. How many know that that's noteworthy right there? Amen. But notice this, that before that was said, his mother's name, Abijah, Brother Sam, is mentioned before it says, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Now, it's hard for me to understand that he would do right in the sight of the Lord when he had a wicked father by the name of Ahaz. But I really believe that the key was, was in his godly mother by the name of Abijah. Because it would not be mentioned, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, and Abijah's name is mentioned right before it says that. Anybody glad of some glad, uh, some godly mothers and grandmothers and godly people that is invested in your life? Amen. Glory to God. I am. And so that is the key for Hezekiah's life. In fact, it's amazing to me. Maybe you have started this race in your 50s. Maybe you have started it when you're a teenager. How many know it's not too late to still invest in your children? and in your grandchildren. Come on, somebody. Aren't you glad that it doesn't matter if you start in the 11th hour or the beginning hour? How many know that the grace of God still applies to your life? Amen. I've been on the many a deathbed. Huh? How many's glad of that? I've been on the many a deathbed when I used to work in home health, and I really believe that God had me lined up for a specific assignment, and I got to lead a many a man or a woman to the Lord right on their deathbed. You know what it reminds reminds me of, Sister Terry, it reminds me of when Jesus went out into the marketplace and he pulled that man or woman at the 11th hour and then when payday came, he paid the 11th hour just like he paid the one at the beginning. What is that, Pastor Floyd? The grace and the mercy of God. Anybody glad about the grace and the mercy of the Lord? How many still praying that about your own folks? Come on, how many say... Pastor Floyd, they ain't got saved yet, but we're just believing that they get saved in the name of Jesus. 
Amen. God is gracious and merciful. And so I love that story. But we see about Hezekiah, what I love about him is that the first thing that he did, look at verse 3, in the first year of his reign and in the first month, notice those two words, first year, first month. What did he do? He opened the doors of the house of the Lord. We realize and reminding you again, Ahaz, his father, shut up the doors. Ahaz did not have have any desire to worship the one true God. He was worshiping many gods. He was worshiping false gods. And he closed up the door. Can I tell you daddies, it's important that us daddies open up our hearts to the things of God. Listen, how many believes in godly mothers and godly fathers? Come on, how many know that God has given us all DNA? I cannot be the mother to my children. God has given me a DNA, Brother Sam, to be a father to my boys. Karen cannot be the father to, I know this is not popular, but can I tell you, God has created a man to be a man and a woman to be a woman. I hate to even define that and he get claps. I wouldn't have got claps for that 25 years ago, but we have to define that now. An old evangelist, forgive me for being just, I've said this before if you've heard me, it doesn't take long to figure out what sex you are. Look down and you can figure it out. Come on. But there are people that are having issues because the enemy is about distorting the truth. We define man and woman according to the word of God. Not according to the assemblies of God, but according to the word of the living God. Well, that's just added bonus right there. Amen. Listen, but what I love, the first year of the first month, this is what he did. Men, there is just something powerful when men open the doors to the things of God. Is there any men in this building today to say, I'm opening the doors? How many know, listen, this place, listen, this is honorable and we honor this place. But listen, I want to tell you something. The Old Testament lifted and exalted a location. But can I tell you what the location is now? 1 Corinthians 6 and 19 says, What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Come on, somebody. Do I have any men in here? that will open up their hearts and say, Lord, come on into this temple and create in me a clean heart and renew in me a right spirit. Hallelujah. I love that about Hezekiah. And can I tell you that it's still honorable today that men would be godly men. We need godly men. Come on, somebody. Godly women to invest and to impart Jesus into our seed and our seed seed. Let me just go over the couple points that we went over. Number one is this. When the priority of Jesus is placed first, he positions himself to show up every time and to change lives. How many believe that? How many know that God has done that in your life? What happened, Pastor Floyd? The temple was cleansed. Worship was restored. King's worship affected others' worship inside of the country. Idol worship was destroyed. Tithing was taking place and revival of the Holy Spirit was happening. Glory to God. How many say, God, do it again? 
I love, and I wish I could preach on verse 11, Brother Darren. I love what it says in verse 11 of chapter 29. He's talking to the preachers. He said, my sons, be not now negligent, for the Lord has chosen you to stand before him. Can I say it to the church? If you're a child of God, you are a minister of God, and don't be negligent, but do the business of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen? And so we see that, and this is what happened. And the Word of God said, if you can't continue reading, I don't have time to cover from 29 all the way down, but we're going to get to where the second part is. And it said in 2 Chronicles 30 and verse 26, there was great joy in Jerusalem. And guess what? Their voices were heard, and prayer came up unto the holy dwelling of up to heaven. See, number two, when we decide to let Jesus clean house, come on, somebody, our family are affected, relationships outside the family are affected, our worship to him is restored and can't help but lift up the name of Jesus with shouts of praise. Hallelujah. When Jesus is on the scene. Listen, how many know that we don't serve a pansy Jesus? Come on, let me just go ahead and say that. How many know that God, he is a God of love? Come on, he is. But let's balance out that he's a God of judgment too. Honey, when he came into the temple, the two times mentioned in the New Testament, he cleaned house. How many know when Jesus cleans house, there's not a dust particle in the place? Come on, how many know that God still desires to clean your temple? to clean house and run those things out that is not of God in your life. God still desires to do so inside your spirit. And so can I tell you, that? listen, if we're going to serve God in this last day, and we are in the last day, let us serve God with a whole heart. How many say I'm going to serve God with a whole heart? Listen, we got a lot of half-hearted people doing, come on now, that's trying to do half-hearted worship. How many know it's either all or it's nothing? Come on. In fact, Revelation said this, you're either hot or you're cold because if you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. How many say I'm going to be red hot Holy Ghost filled with Jesus? Amen. In this last day. Hallelujah. Listen to this. I want you to listen to this statement. The greatest battle that we have is just not with sin, Satan, or society. It's with boredom. I said it's with boredom. Oh, this ain't popular, but I'm going to say it anyways. Masses of people come to church when they feel like it and they serve God out of boredom where they think they're serving God. They are not involved. They sit on the sidelines. They watch the war, but they never get involved in the battle. How many say this with me? I'm on the Lord's side, Pastor. I'm putting on my armor today, and I'm getting engaged inside the battle. I am tired of being a spectator. I want to be a participator. I'm involved in the battle that God has called me to. I'm going to make a statement right here, and some of you may get mad and bite your upper and bottom lip and let the blood go down. That's all right. I'm going to go ahead and say it anyways. You ready for this? Because I'm going to say this. All you have to do to go to hell is do nothing. 
I'm going to say it again because some of you just got slapped in the head. Let me say it again. All you have to do, you can still sit on the church pew and go to hell. Because you simply are not engaged in what God has called you to do. Listen, I'm not talking about fast forward. We're not saved by works. I agree with that. The word of God says, by faith you are saved, not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But let me point out where Jesus said this. How many remember the distribution of the talents that God has given? And how many remember that many of those men doubled those talents? But how many remember there was one that he buried it, and then he appeared before the master, and what did Jesus say? What did you do? You could at least put it in the bank to get interest off of it. You didn't do that. You buried it. What did he say next? Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. If you want to go to hell, all you got to do is no. Say, listen, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Listen to me. I, I, want, I want you to hear me. I know this is tough preaching, and I know this is not popular preaching, but listen, I didn't come to be popular. Come on, somebody. I want to preach the truth to you as your pastor. If you want to continue to sit on the sidelines and not do a thing or what God has called you to do, listen, you can be right there. You, the devil is not threatened by a closed-up sanctuary. The devil was not threatened by Ahaz at all. Why? Because he already shut the doors. See, but the devil is threatened by men and women that open the doors to say, I'm seeking him first, and then all these other things shall be added. Glory to God. How many lift your hand and say, I want to be a threat to the kingdom of the devil? Come on, somebody. This is what God has called us to do. I want the devil to know that we're on the west side of Springfield affecting relationships for Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. We're not just having church on Sunday, not going through the motions on Wednesday. No, we want to affect lives for the purpose of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Listen to me. I want you to realize here what happened at this point. We're not going to go into the entire chapter. I encourage you to do that. But guess what happened? Listen, when you open up your doors and when you make some changes in your family, and when you make changes in yourself to say, God, I got to live holy. I got to live according to this word. I can't live according to the way this culture desires for me to live. When you desire to do that and you're putting Jesus first, let me just tell you what's going to happen. You're on the enemy's hit list. Look at your neighbor and say, you're on the enemy's hit list. Why are you surprised when the enemy comes against you, comes against your family? How many know the devil gives himself away? Come on, a good indication that the devil gives himself away is that you're in a fight. Come on, somebody. In fact, if I'm not fighting sometimes, I kind of wonder what's going on. Amen? If I'm just sitting on the sidelines. But can I tell you, the devil gives himself away when you're in a constant battle. Come on. Paul said, said this, to fight the good fight of faith. It is a fight. Look at your neighbor and say it's a fight. It's not a confrontation. It's a fight. Glory to God. Amen. Hand to hand combat. Come on. There's a fight that is going on. And can I tell you this? Listen. There was a fight against Hezekiah because he ruffled up hell's feathers. Because the doors were open and God was being magnified and uplifted. So guess what? Instead of being reactive, oh God, I can't believe this is happening. Oh my God. Hush your mouth. Come on. 
Lift your hand and say, oh, the devil's on the war path. But I know God is on my side. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Come on, something good. Lift your hand and say, there's something good that's going to come out of this. I just believe God. I just believe his word. I'm tired of sitting on the sidelines. I'm engaged in what God has called me to do. Look, we're going to end this. Look, 2 Chronicles 32. I'm finally getting to where I need to get. And verse 1, look what it says in the word of God. After these things, look, everybody say after. Say it again, say after. These things, what? And the establishment thereof. In other words, after you have made up your mind, after you have let Jesus do a cleaning in your house, hallelujah, after you have given him the highest praise, Glory to God. After you've made up your mind, listen, I love what the NASB says this. It said, after these acts of faithfulness. Do you know that? That's just simply what God wants from you and I is to be faithful to do what his word said to do. After these acts of faith. You ready for number three? Here it is. I'm moving. Here we go. You ready for this? Possess a resolve praise. That's it right there. Glory to God. Well, 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 Pastor, what's the title of your message? This is a resolve praise. Come on. What's a resolve? A resolve is simply this, to decide, to determine, to settle, to rule, to resolve. How many has made up your mind? You put your hand to the plow. You're not looking back to the things of God. You've already made up your mind a long time ago. Hell or high water. Come on. I made up my mind. Psalm 34 is this. I will bless the Lord at all times. Is there anybody in this room today? His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will. If you look at most Bibles, at the beginning of Psalm 34, it says this, at the beginning before you even read. It says this, when David appeared before King Abimelech and he changed his behavior. How many remember that story when he went, he acted mad? I'm talking about crazy mad is what I'm talking about. Combed out of his beard and Abimelech said, get him out of here. He's crazy. And I got to thinking about that. You said, well, Pastor Floyd, I've never done that, you know. But you know what? David tried to change the outcome of a circumstance that he should have left in God's hand. Right now. And see, a lot of you are trying to change things when you need You know what? He wrote this, I believe, after the fact that he did that. He, he said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall come. You know what should have happened? I'm going to trust God in front of an evil king my enemy king, and I'm going to believe God for the answer. Instead of not trusting God, he took it in his own hands and had to foam. It was like he was doing a golden globe move right there. He was, a, he was trying to get a, a, a something of the best actor there was. 
David wanted to take it in his own hands to try to take control. I'm talking to some of you guys today that you need to leave this thing in God's hand and just trust him and have a resolved praise just to simply say, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I'm not going to worry about the outcome. I'm not going to worry about thus and so and Sally Sue calling me this or how this financial situation is going to work out. I'm not going to try to make it work. I'm going to leave it in God's hand. I'm going to have a resolve praise. Everybody say a resolve praise. Hey, come on, lift your hand and say a resolve praise. That's determined. That's already decided. Already got my praise on. Already know what's in my spirit, what God has told me, and I've already decided. Let me give you a few resolve praise scriptures. Habakkuk chapter 3, or Habakkuk, whatever you want to pronounce it. Chapter 3, verse 17 says this. In the Minor Prophets, one of the last books there in the Old Testament, I love what he said. Really, Habakkuk or Habakkuk can and I tell you this, that it's a modern day America. Listen, many of those that were sinning are prospering and Habakkuk did not understand, but he resolved this. This is what his resolved praise was in chapter 3 and verse 17. Though the fig tree should not blossom nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olives shall fail and the field shall yield no food. The flock shall be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stall. What did he say? Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. That is a resolve praise. A resolve praise is Job 13 and 15. Though he slay me, yet will I trust. A resolved praise is uh, Psalm 20 and 7. Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we will put our trust in the name of the Lord. Psalm 27 and 3, though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. That is a resolve praise. No matter what the circumstances, I want you to look in 2 Chronicles 32. Let's finish. He said, after these things and the establishment thereof, I bind every assignment of hell in this building right now. In the name of Jesus, I plead the blood over this service. I thank you that this word is falling on good ground right now in Jesus' name. After these things and the establishment thereof, Sennacherib, everybody say Sennacherib, king of Assyria, what did he do? He came and he entered into Judah. You know what the devil desires to do? Invade your praise. When you have made up your mind that despite what you're going through, Sennacherib, everybody say sin multiplies brothers. That's what Sennacherib means. Sin multiplies brothers. When you've made up your mind, you've opened up the doors, and there's revival going on in your heart. Woo, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All those things are happening. Guess what's going to happen? Sennacherib, Sennacherib is going to show up. Did you hear me? Sennacherib is going to show up to invade your praise. 
get ready. He will show up and he'll try to shut you down and shut your family down and shut those things. Guess what you need to do? Be ready for him. Come on, don't be caught by surprise. He's going to do it. Sennacherib is going to show up. Look at your neighbor and say, Sennacherib's going to show up. He is. He's going to show up and he's going to try to invade your praise. Expect that Satan's going to try to come against your praise and try to encamp against your praise. Come on, somebody. And invade your praise. Hello, Second Chronicles 32 and 2. But when Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib had come and intended to fight against Jerusalem or purposed in another translation. You know, let me just tell you something. The purpose of the enemy has not changed it is to kill to steal and to destroy but the purpose of Jesus is still the same and it is to have life and to have it more abundantly it hasn't changed let me just show you a little video to get you just tell you where some of you are at today my God some of you just devil just trying to suck some of your joy out and I'm telling you what, the lionesses have been after you. There's a warthog right down there in the, in the trenches. Notice they're trying to do everything that they can to get a hold of that warthog to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Listen, how many know that the devil wants to eat your family alive? He wants to take you, play it again, Matt. He wants to take you out. He wants to take your kids out. But can I tell you something? Well, that, that's this. I don't like looking at that warthog. No, can I tell you something? That warthog is exactly where he is supposed to be. You know what I think of? He's covered, covered, covered. Come on, somebody. Can I think about the scripture? And the scripture is this He that dwelleth in the secret place of the most shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my rock, my fortress, my God in whom I'll trust. Has He been digging at your family? Trying to take you out. Come on. How many are saying this? The enemy, tell them, come on down here. He ain't going to destroy the destiny of God in the name of Jesus. I'm covered by the blood of the living Lamb of God. I'm trusting God. My faith is in one that is unmovable. Come on, somebody. How many receives that in your spirit today? Listen to me. This is good. Look what happened. We're in a place now. Now look. This is good. Second Chronicles 32 and verse 3. What happened here? Hallelujah. He planned with his officers and his mighty men. Listen, what did they do? To stop the water of the springs that were outside of the city and they helped him. Pastor Floyd, what in the world are you talking about this morning? I'm talking about something good. We have fed and allowed the enemy to, we have fed on things that are not of God and not according to his word. Can I tell you something this morning? Stop the flow of the enemy's thoughts that would enter into your mind. The words of, oh no, I can't 
there's no way you'll always be a failure. You know what I want to tell? And this is my fourth point. Come here, Abe. This is my fourth point that I want to tell the devil this morning. Listen, it's whisper in my ear just like he does, just like he's trying to tell me. I'm trying to do the things of God, and he's trying to whisper, you'll never make it. There's no way. Guess what you need to do? Put a cork in it. Put a cork in it. Tell the devil, say, I'm going to put a cork in it. Some of you have believed the lies. Where are you going, Abraham? Some of you... Some of you have believed the lies of the devil. He's whispered you. You've walked in that oppression. You've walked in that depression. You've believed the lies of the enemy. You've believed the voices that would tear you down. But guess what you need to do? Get your cork out of the spirit and say, I refuse to listen. I know that I'm a child of the living God and greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Oh, glory to God. Quit listening to the lies of the enemy. Now, you can keep going like this and allow him to, come on, allow him to feed you. Allow him. <laughs> and allow him to whisper things inside. You know what? But I love what Hezekiah did. He He stopped the flow of the enemy. Everybody say, stop it up. Come on, somebody. Do not feed the enemy. When you allow your spirit to be open to those thoughts and that's anything in violation of the court, you are feeding the enemy ammunition every time. So it gets, you get deeper down in the dumps and deeper and deeper and deeper. When it starts, see, we're already midway. Somebody, I'm telling you at the beginning, you know when it's not God. You know when it's not lining up with the Word. I wish I had 45 corks here today. I don't. I wish I could give you every, Come here, Terry. Help me. Come on. Hallelujah. Come here, Don. Help me. Sydney, come here. I know it is going to take a bigger cork than that. Hallelujah. He's right. Come on. Come on, Sam. Mama, you able? You want to sit right here, don't you? Let me give you a rest. Come on, Matt. Come on. Alan, come on. I'm telling you. This. You say, well, Pastor Floyd, why are you, why are you passing these things? Out? Come on up here, Alan. Come on up here, Wendell. Come on. Now, come on over here. Let's go up here together. You stay over there, devil. Come on, you stay over there. Now, listen to me. This is what's powerful. If you look at the rest of this story, and I'm going to read it in just a minute, but I'm sparing you because I want you to read the rest of it today. Guess what else happened? I want to tell you something. Hezekiah could not do it by himself. He reached out to his captains. He reached out to his people. Read it. That's what it says. That's what it says. And a word. And I love this. It said that they helped him. Oh, come on, somebody. Whew. 
How many say this? Listen, I want you to look at me right now. We are in a fight. How many feels that as the body of Christ? We are in a tremendous battle. Come on, somebody. All oh, the unction and the powers of hell are coming against the body of Christ. I'm telling you like never before. I'm sensing that. But can I tell you this? Look at me. This pastor cannot do this by himself. Come on, somebody. If one could put a 1,000 to flight, uh, two could put 10,000. I need Matt. Come on, somebody. I need Terry. I need Don. I need Sydney. I need a Sam. I need window. I need Alan. Come on somebody. There is no way where two or three are gathered in my name. There am I in the middle of you. So guess what you do? The enemy has come against. I'm telling you what. This is where we fall apart. John, here's why we need it the most. Especially when we get to the house of God. We just shut down because we don't need no help. And we don't need no prayer from nobody else. But the bottom line of it is, you need a brother or sister to come by you with another cork. Come on, lift up your corks. And to say, it's about time that you plug up. Come on, y'all. Plug up the devil's mouth and shut him down. And say, I refuse to feed the devil ammunition and believe the lies of the... Come on, go poop. Come on, poop. I'm putting it in his mouth. Shut up your lies. Shut up your deceit. Shut up your assignment. I will not believe it. I will live in victory in the name of Jesus Christ. We need one another. If we're going to make a dent, if we're going to annihilate, we're going to be, come on, so many, especially when that scripture is quoted, the kingdom of God suffereth violence. There is a violence of hell. Please listen to me right now. There is a violence of hell against the body of Christ. The word violent, but the violent, take it by force. Guess what violent means in the Greek? Volcanic eruptive is there anybody come on somebody that is volcanic in the spirit that is going to erupt the plans of hell against the body of Jesus Christ plug it up put a cork in it come on I refuse to believe the lies of the enemy Come on, lift your hands with me. Say, I refuse. Say right there. Say, I refuse to believe the lies of the enemy. Come on. Hallelujah. Say this. God is my refuge. God is my strength. God is my very present help in trouble. He says this in his word. Say, I, I am he who comforts you. Who are you that you are afraid of man who dies? Of the Son of Man, who's made like grass. Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Come on, somebody. That's your cork right there. Put the word of God out there and shut up the devil's mouth. Y'all keep y'all's court. Go sit down. Hallelujah. 
It is. Ecclesiastes simply says this. I want you to listen to me. I'm about to shut up, but listen to me right now. Listen. Ecclesiastes says this in Ecclesiastes 4. Write it down. You can look it up. 4 verse 9 and 10. Two are better than one. Because they have a good reward for their toll. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe unto him who is alone that when he falls, he's not, he don't have another one to lift him up. You know what I kept thinking about was that commercial. I've fallen and I can't get up. I know we laugh at that, but it's so true. But how many know in the body of Christ? It shouldn't be. When our brothers and sisters have fallen, look at them and say, don't be discouraged nor dismayed. I'm right here in the name of Jesus to help lift you up. And we're going to put a cork in the devil's mouth and not receive that junk anymore in the name of Jesus. There's power in that. There's power to be receptive in that. Look what is happening here. They helped him in 2 Chronicles 32, 3 and 4. Let me just remind you. I wish I had time to go here, but I don't. But let me just remind here. Coming together is the beginning. Keeping together is a progress. Working together is success in the Christian assembly. Let me give you these real quick, and you can write these down. As one flock, we're gathered together. Come on, somebody. As one family, we dwell together. Come on. As one body, we are joined together. Amen. As one temple, we are framed together. Amen. As one household, we are built together. As one kingdom, we are to strive together. And as one hierarchy in Christ, we are, as the scriptures say, raised up together with him in heavenly places. That's the word of the living God. Now, y'all ready for this? When all this had happened, Here's the final scripture. Look at here in verse 7 and 8. Here it is. Hezekiah's going on with be with Jesus. But guess what I'm going to say today? I'm your Hezekiah today. Y'all ready? The enemy has come in like a flood in your household and has tried to tell you things and whisper. But I'm here to tell you, I believe many of you have possessed a resolved praise. Guess what I'm about to tell you today? Here it is, verse 7. Be strong and courageous. Let me tell you, let me say that again because I'm going to get an amen out of a couple of you. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged because of the king or the devil. Come on, let me just say it. Or his army. For guess what? There is a power far greater on our side. I'm going to dance all by myself. I said there is a power that is greater that is on our side. Hallelujah. Glory. He may have a great army, but they are merely devils. We have the Lord God to help us and to fight our battles for us. Lift your hand and say, Jesus is enough. Come on. Oh, lift your hand right there and say, Jesus is enough. Stand with me right here in this house. Lift your hands toward heaven in here and say, I'm going to possess a resolved praise. Come on, lift your hands toward heaven to declare, I'm going to possess a resolved praise. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's podcast. If you want more information about Calvary Christian Assembly of God, please click on to the link in the podcast. God bless you.